Well, happy Monday, church family. Uh, we are finally uh, in chapter 20 of Exodus. This is a key portion of scripture because this is where we begin the study through the Ten Commandments. And I wrestled with this passage for several weeks in terms of how to divide this up. Should I divide it by four to six or five to five or just do, 20, just do 10 weeks on each of the commandments? Um, and I've concluded maybe I'll just do it in two weeks. So this week and next week we're going to go through the Ten Commandments. And I think the Ten Commandments is something that all of us are familiar with. If you grew up in the church, you're probably forced to memorize this. And in fact, when I was younger in my faith and I was... Um, uh, doing college evangelism a lot. And one of the things I've learned was from this uh, evangelistic program called the Way of the Masters. And then they would use this uh, formula um, and this, uh, like a script, if you, if you like to call it, um, and where they actually go through all 10 of the Ten Commandments. So they'll say things like, have you ever uh, committed adultery? Or have you ever uh, uh, lied? If you lied, then you're a liar. If you, could, if you committed adultery, if you, and so if, if some people say no, then you ask, like, oh, have you lusted after anyone in your heart? And then if they say yes, then you say, well, God sees that as adultery. So it's this weird kind of thing where you use, like, Old and New Testament, but yet use the, the, the Ten Commandments um, as your basis of your argument. And although I understand where that's coming from, and even now today when I share the gospel with people, I would occasionally go back to this method of evangelism. Uh, but there's something that uh, one time when I was actually trying to use the Ten Commandments in my uh, youthful pride, I decided to go, I'm going to use all ten this time. I'm going to talk about, uh, oh, is there, do you love, do you have any other gods before God? Is there something you love more than Jesus? And if they say yes, it's like, oh, then you're an idolater. And if you're, if there's, um, if you're making a graven image uh, of the Lord as some sort of likeness of God and claim that to be God, if you so, then also, ooh, adultery, uh, idolatry again. And then eventually I went through all this list, and then when it got to the fourth command, uh, which is uh, kind of weird because the fourth, I, I used the fourth command at the very end because uh, I think my mind just jumbled a little bit, and then was, and I said, oh, did you keep the Sabbath? And I remember just when those words left my mouth, I was like, I don't even keep the Sabbath because I don't, I don't even know what that mean, meant at the time. I just kind of used it as a way to try to share the gospel. And the person was like, I don't keep the Sabbath. And I was like, oh wait, I don't keep the Sabbath either. And that's kind of like where I decided to stop using that um, exclusively in my evangelism. Uh, but uh, for today, whereas we go through this, I'm going to divide into two parts. So this week we're going to do the first four commandments, and next week we'll go through six of them. And the reason why that is is because the first four of the Ten Commandments focus on a vertical relationship with God. They focus on your relationship with, the, with, with, with God, or the, or the Israelites' relationship with God. I also want to uh, remind us that the Ten Commandments is not for us New Testament, in the sense that you know, those are written for Jewish people, the people in the, in the Old Testament, uh, the covenant people in the Old Testament. But there are some principles and even some commandments that, that are uh, transferable to the New Testament. Uh, they're re they are reiterated. Um, and as we go through this, uh, these two weeks, I'll explain which one are ones that we still keep, not because we're picky about the commandments we choose, but because the New Testament states them again. So, Exodus chapter 20, this is again a reminder, chapter 19 was, uh, uh, was the commandment from, from the Lord, like, okay, the, you cannot enter this holy mountain. Uh, you recall last week I talked about how even if a little animal uh, touches the foot of the mountain, they'll just die, or if, like ants had, like, before God stood uh, on the mountain, uh, if there was some sort of ant trail, uh, and when God, the moment that God um, gets on that mountain, all the ants just died because they're not 
you know, they're all unclean. And, um, and God warns Moses and tells him not to make sure that other people do not walk up this mountain unless he gives permission to do so. And we talk about the intercessory nature of the great high priest in Jesus Christ, how there is a separation because of our sin, but yet Christ uh, brought us near to the Lord because of who, what, who he is and what he's done on the cross on our behalf. Now when we get to this part, chapter 20, this is when he, God gives the Ten Commandments. Uh, we actually know later on um, in the Old Testament that he, Moses actually spent 40 days up here. And later, we'll see uh, when we get continue on with the book of Exodus. But he spent 40 days here. And then during those 40 days, uh, he got um, all the, it's not just the Ten, like it's only just the Ten Commandments. There's actually other things that the Lord had taught him in those 40 days. In fact, there's 613 commands, uh, you know, which is essentially the Levitical law. Uh, um, the thing that we understand as the Levitical law came from this moment. So Moses goes up and he comes down with these two tablets. And, and now, again, in pop culture, sometimes we see the Ten Commandments in Roman numerals, which it doesn't make sense because Roman numerals are, you know, they're from Roman, they're like decades, not decades, hundreds and thousands of years after this event. Um, so it's not accurate. Um, but it, I think the original probably looked like a, you know, it probably was like the first three great commandments on one side and then the fourth one probably split between the one tablet number one and tablet number two. And that's how it, it probably looked and just basically because of the way the Hebrew, the way the Hebrew is in languages, people just think that's how it's divided. Um, again, this is something that's popular in, our, in, in culture. We understand the Ten Commandments and, and just... Out of curiosity, if you were to ask yourself, do you know all ten of the commandments? Can you list them in order? Uh, you'll find that sometimes people, even professing Christians, do not know the ten commandments. And I say that first because when we think of ourselves and how we fail to know this, understand that the the, the Jews, the Israelites at the time, they failed to keep all ten of them because um, they don't remember them. So it's easy for us to criticize them, but then there's also the hypocrisy in that we sometimes don't keep God's commandments. But as we walk through this, I'm just going to walk through the first four of the commandments. And um, actually, well, I guess I'll divide, I'll, I'll give the outline as we go along uh, and try to explain each one as best as I can with the time that's given. So again, the first four commandments that are given here in the Ten Commandments are, 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 are about the, the, your relationship with uh, the Lord or in relation to Him. Everything is actually ties back to Him, but these are specifically... Uh, uh, directed to God and about God. And later on, there are, uh, the other ones are horizontal relationships between mankind and one another, uh, how they're supposed to treat one another. So these first four commands are about how you're supposed to honor the Lord and Him first, and everything else usually come after that. So, chapter 20, verse 1, it reads this, Then God spoke all these, uh, all these words, saying, I, Yahweh, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of those of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And in those first three verses, we see that God has a right to exclusive devotion. God has exclusive right to devotion. He says here that I am Yahweh. This is He's explained to them that I am the covenant. God, I am your God. I am the one who, who brought you out of land. This is a summary of all that He's done. He's the only one that brought that out. Not the Egyptians. Not the not the Egyptian gods. Not Pharaoh. Not even Moses. It is Yahweh that brought them out of the land, out of the bondage of slavery, so that they can be slaves to Yahweh. God has the right to say this because He is the one who redeemed them. Uh, God is the one who brought them out, and not of these none of these false gods. And all people must acknowledge um, that He is the one true God. And 
and that God has no rivals. He's the only true God. In Matthew 6, 24, it says that you cannot serve two masters. That's a principle that is still carried on today, that there's only one true God. And again, throughout the entire uh, Exodus, God was trying to display his power so they do not trust in other deities. And this is actually something that's very unique at the time because at the time, in the Israel time, there were, whatever nation you're part of and whatever organized religious group you're part of, there's always multiple religions, right? The, the, the ten plagues was supposed to uh, show God having dominance over each and every single aspect of life and every area of these false gods. So he's going to level them, and he did. And to say that there's only one God for one people in one nation is very distinct. It's very counter-cultural at the time. And we know in our day it's the same thing. Uh, there are there may be other religion that claims that their God is the only one, and I think I can only think of a few that thinks that way. But there, you know there are still a multiplicity of religion that has multiple gods, right? You know, Buddhism has a whole bunch of different gods, and uh, Hinduism has like millions and millions of gods. You know, there's all of these different groups, a religious group uh, in the world that actually have multiple religions, and, and what makes Christianity distinct is that we believe in a triune God, and, and that's a very unique doctrine to Christianity and the Bible as a whole. And, and really, there's only three major religions that, that are monotheistic, and it's, 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 it's Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. But what makes Christians, the Christian God different is, is that he's a triune God, he's three in one. And it's argued from scripture, and it's drawn from scripture, it's not man-made. It might have been articulating, and the term Trinity is brought up, uh, and it's just a way for us to understand, hang the thought of the, the triune God, but we worship one God. Um, and again, uh, we can, this isn't the time and place to debate uh, the difference between Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, but just know that the Bible, the God of the Bible is the one true God, and he has the right for exclusive devotion, that we are supposed to worship him and him alone. Now, uh, for the rest of this time today, I'll to go for our second point, which is God's right to accurate representation. This is the first command is that you shall have, I am Yahweh, you shall have no other God before me. The second one is that you cannot make an idol, right? So here, verse 4 to 6, it says, You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven, above or on earth, beneath or in the water, under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, Yahweh, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. The reason why uh, God does not want people to make an idol, uh, some sort of statute, is because it's supposed to because people, th it's, it's, it's God's way of preventing people from worshiping the actual object as opposed to worshiping Him. There is a natural tendency for human nature to think that, okay, God could be isolated into one place, to be placed in one area. Now, what about the Ark of the Covenant? Well, the Ark is unique in that this is God's representation for man to understand that He is the one true God and He's with them. But God is not limited to, to that box. God is not limited to the temple. God is everywhere, and He says that this is just a representation of Him but that that he is may charge over, uh, unlike uh, the uh, idols that people tend to make, is just something that is in the tangible world. The ark itself was something that's very unique because God gives them the instruction to show them that this is something uh, that it's just a physical representation of where he would be. But doesn't mean that he's limited to that. And God doesn't want people to think that oh, you have this little idol, even if you claim to be Yahweh, that you end up worshiping the idol as opposed to worshiping God alone. 
Uh, he doesn't want, uh, he, he, he wants this accurate representation. Uh, God is invisible. Uh, he doesn't have uh, like form in that sense. And God, does, God doesn't want his people to think that, uh, that he himself is limited to an object, a place, or a thing. So uh, this is where uh, he tells them that uh, you can't be, you know, don't make an idol uh, or, or idol representation of God because it's not even going to be accurate. You know, like uh, sometimes when we watch these movies and they have Jesus, that's not actually how he looks like. You know, Isaiah said that he's like probably not good looking. He's probably very skinny because of fasting and everything like that. But, um, you know, that's just uh, an, an just a representation, but that's not who he is. And it, as, as closely as people, no one knows what Jesus actually looks like. So that's why you can't make it a uh, thing that's 100% uh, accurate. Um, and the same idea, like you don't want to, the, uh, no one knows what God actually looks like. So then God doesn't want to make them to, well, doesn't want them to make some sort of idol that is falsely representation of who he is. And we know in our day, we don't actually worship like the actual literal cross, like the cross that we have in our sanctuary. We don't actually worship it bow down to the physical cross. That's just for us a reminder of what Jesus has done on the cross. But that doesn't mean that Jesus is bound to that cross that's in our worship center. It's just supposed to be something that makes us remi remind ourselves of who he is. But we don't actually worship that cross. Now I know some people, and I'm, I might be guilty of this, but I love my Bible and I, I try my best to protect it as I write in it and like travel with it. But God is not bounded by that, by the Bible. God is not bounded by the pages in Scripture. He's not limited to that. And I know some of us like to protect our Bibles. That's fine. I do the same thing too. But we have to understand that if we lose it, that doesn't mean we lose God. Or if it's destroyed, that means that God destroyed. And God does, that's, what God, that's why God doesn't want Israel and even to our day, why, why we shouldn't make some sort of like a statue because those things can be destroyed. Those things can be melted down and be made into another idol. Um, so that's why God doesn't want his people to make a false thing, uh, something that's temporal because he's the eternal God. So that's the first point. Uh, first point is that God has the right to exclusive devotion, that he's the one true God and, great, and God has a right for accurate representation and that is do not make a graven image of God. Uh, thank you for listening. I look forward to going through uh, the third and fourth commandment with you this week. <coughs> uh, and I hope that as you think about these things, uh, that you have a better understanding of the Ten Commandments and why we should be thankful that Jesus fulfills all the commandments and all the laws of God so that we can be made right with Him. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good day.